Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. Yesterday, I spent a, a way more time than I should have on uh, my phone. Maria showed me this uh, this app where you can make a cartoon image of yourself. Have you right. seen this? Yes. So, uh, so Maria and I worked on mine. And it's taken years off of my life. I look so much younger in my cartoon version of me. So anytime I text you now, you'll be getting that. Okay. So be excited for that. Good to know. Yeah. Yeah. Lucky will take any phone call that comes in, will not respond to any of my texts. No. No. This is a terrible story, and you can blame technology, specifically autocorrects on your phone. Someone posted a screenshot on Reddit after they had dropped their dog Dexter off for a haircut. They got a text back from the groomer that said, Hi, Dexter is dead. What? (laughs) Oops. The groomer sent another text a minute later. Cut a little too much off? No. No, the stupid autocorrect. The the groomer sent another text a minute later that said, Sorry. Sorry, that stupid autocorrect. They meant to say, Dexter is ready. Right. Instead, Dexter is dead is what got sent. They also sent a picture of him and assured the owner he had a great time. Wow. Hey, honey. heads are falling off. That's right. Honey, you going to go get Dexter? No. No need. Let's not mention Dexter around the kids. That's right. We'll just pretend we never had Dexter. Yeah. Yeah, have you taken, uh, has Coop gone in for a grooming yet? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's always a nice little uh, trip. They come out looking so cute. Well, it's interesting because over the last year when none of us could get a haircut, Mm. Coop's been going (laughs) full on to the salon. Oh, yeah, he he was going to his his group therapy or what was that? Yeah. Yeah. And his haircuts. The whole, he's been living the dream. Oh, loving it. (laughs) Did you get a haircut yet? No. No, you haven't gone. No, eh? I've let her go. Oh, I went last uh, Friday, I think. I went to this one place that I normally go to, and it was like a three and a half hour wait. Yeah. So then there was another place in the same plaza. Because at first, you know, my routine, this this place is great because it's right next to a a pub. And I'm like, ah, it'll be 40 minutes or something. I'd have gone in and had a pint on their patio while I waited. Mm -hmm. They're like three hours. They said, I'll be hammered (laughs) by the time I get my hair cut. Hold your head straight. Can't. (laughs) I can't. I'm barfing. So anyhow, there was another place uh, across the uh, plaza, and they said they could do it in about 40, 45 minutes. So then I said, good, perfect, I'll get the pint in. So I went back over to the uh, thing, and I, you know, you go through all the uh, protocol of COVID numbers and questions and asking, and you get on the patio, like 20 minutes of the 40 minutes were eaten up. And then I got on the patio. still crushed two, though. No, I did. (laughs) And a rail of shooters. Uh, no, I sat on the patio. Finally, I got out there, and it started to rain. I said, I don't even need a pint this bad. So I said, I'll catch you next time. But yeah, yeah, so it was good. I was happy. This woman had said, the place I went to, she said when they reopened on the previous Friday, uh, she said they were working 12-hour days. Oh, yeah. They could have been open 24-7. I know. You, like, a month in, you're going to see, like, hairdressers and salons mm. with carpal tunnel. Oh, for sure. cutting they've been doing. For sure, yeah. Just brutal. So, anyhow, if you do go get your hair cut, treat them nice, tip them well. Because she said, of course, there's always some J-hole in the mix. You right. Know, you're into your ninth hour of cutting hair, and some, some jerk comes in and starts to cause trouble because you can't take him right away. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to kick people in the pills. For uh, many, COVID and the lockdown has been a godsend because it's been your out 
to not ex- uh, go exercise or to the gym. Right, yeah. But uh, they're reopening uh, very soon, I guess tomorrow, uh, with a limited capacity. And some gyms are still, you have to book your time in. Others are just going to, I think Good Life's just going to let them roll on yeah. in. Most are by appointment only. Yeah. And uh, some are saying now, you don't have to mask at the equipment, like while you're on mm. the piece of equipment, but walking around, you will. Yeah. And staff will have to. You know, and I get I get all that. You got to do what you got to do. It's just, it's, through this whole thing, especially with restaurants and now gyms, it's always made me shake my head. So when you walk around, you got to wear the mask. But when you're exercising and you're huffing and puffing and spitting and spraying, you don't have to. Right. So I guess COVID goes, oh, you're working out. We'll leave you alone. Well, it, it is odd. I, I guess they'll have to space machines out. Yeah. Right, so that there's you know adequate distance to yeah. account for that huffing and puffing and, and yeah, listen, I, I am one who has been happily using the excuse that you couldn't go to the gym because it's closed and yeah. wasn't looking forward to it reopening. Will you be going back? Uh maybe in the uh, in <laughs> January in the new year. In the new year, yeah. yeah. Will I make a resolution that I won't you know fulfill? Many of us say, you know, if the days were just longer. I would uh, I would work out and exercise more, but since we haven't been able to quite figure out how to bend space and time, I, right? I guess we can't uh, we can't fix that. the uh, The excuses we use and they're all over the map. Things like I'm too hungry to work out, I'm too hungover, I'm too stressed. I'll work out tomorrow. I exercised yesterday. I left work too late. I uh, exercise is boring. That's that's my out. Right. I'm sore. I don't have time. It's too late in the day. I just ate. I feel sick. It's too cold. It's raining. I'm too tired. You know, we come up with a million reasons because I, I, I understand and many people will say this, that if you start exercising and you stick with it, your body craves it. It's like anything else. And then you start missing it if you don't do it. I've tried. I really have. Mm. I had one great experience uh, on an elliptical over a few months where I really saw progress and change. But outside of that, I just find it so boring. I, I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of it, of course, but. Um, I, I will say I have seen the results mm. when I've done the road to 100 and, and, you know, I've seen that it, you know, making those changes really do help in how I feel, mm-hmm. right? And the aches and pains not there. And I'm certainly having those now because I, I've been sedentary for mm-hmm. 16 months or more. Um, and, and I think perhaps the appointment system will help because I know for me, and I, I think for a lot of people, the problem is, is you buy that membership uh, around Christmas time when mm-hmm. they get all the sales on the new year, you make the resolution. Uh, but without that commitment or, you know, feeling the necessity to go, we kind of die off in it. When we're not gung-ho about it, you know, our, we, we, we get less and less excited about going mm-hmm. and then just end up stop, stopping. If you have to make that appointment, then you wake up that next day and think, ah, I don't know if I really want to go, but... I made the appointment, mm-hmm. so I've got to go. Or if you've got a personal trainer, that's what I loved about you know ETS and Road One Hundred is that that you know they're calling me when I'm not there mm-hmm. and saying you know hang on, it's been a couple days. <laughs> There's what the a hell's call. going on? There's a call you're not taking. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> it's the one I want to avoid. Yeah, yeah like, but then but there's a guilt factor to it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know and. I, we don't feel guilty enough just n- by not going. Mm. <laughs> we we eat that guilt. <laughs> well, and, and we're ego driven in all areas, right? So if you're overweight or just feel like you're not, you don't look great. One going to the gym can be so intimidating when you bump into these gym rats who are there all the time and, right. and look fabulous, and you're just like, oh, I'm never getting there. And and I think that's why the Pelotons and others are doing so well right now. Is it feels like you're getting that. 
that return. You know, the, the person's working out with you, so they're boosting your ego. Yeah. And they're, they're giving you the confidence to keep going, and much like a personal trainer. And pushing you further yeah. than you would necessarily right. go, which right. is necessary. We That's need right. to, right? And so many of us just don't know what the hell we're doing in the gym. Yeah. Like, I, you'll see somebody go, you know, how long were we at the gym for? Oh, 15 minutes. 15 minutes, what'd you do? Well, I did five on the cardio, and I yeah. did five. That's not enough, but, right. you know, so you need somebody there to, to help you through it. I just can't. I've tried. I've tried everything, except the personal trainer. I, I've never had the personal trainer. I think I just did a fight with them. Right. I ended up arguing. I mean, the, the Peloton thing is interesting. Like, when, when you look at it, you think, okay, if I could just go down in my basement, mm. but have someone there driving me mm-hmm. to keep doing it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, you don't... It, you have your shower right there afterwards. You're, you know, the whole thing is done. Right. You know, if it's a 45 minute workout, you're done in 50 minutes. Right. 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 There's, there's not that drive to or from. But, you know, then the, the, the price tag. Well, that this you is pay. what, this is where the guilt would come in. You right. imagine dropping 2,500 bucks or whatever it is on one of these things and then all it becomes is a clothes rack. Well, yeah. And then after that, you're still paying per month yep. for yep. that service. Right? Yeah. No, exactly. No, I, 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 I don't, uh, I wouldn't buy one because I know eventually I'd bore of it as well. And Maria will go, well, that was a good 2500 bucks. That was, that was well worth it once again. Craig, way to go. Do you remember MTV Cribs? Yes. Yeah, it's absolutely. Com- coming back. Really? Yeah, the, uh, it was on the air for uh, well, 19 years, 113 episodes. It started about 20 years ago. And if you never saw it, basically the deal was that they'd go into either a celebrity or mostly musicians' homes and just see how they live. And, mm-hmm. And uh, and then it uh, died out, I think, after they just started kind of running out of names that anybody could recognize to go uh, visit their home. <laughs> it, it, it got really thin. It got bad. By the end. It yeah. started out great. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were some really cool houses or artists that you really liked and you wanted to see how they lived. Yep. Um, and it reminded me, I remember as a kid... Uh, my parents would watch Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous with right. Robin Leach. Yeah. And, and that's what it was about, going through, you know, Trump's home or whatever it may be. And, yeah. You know, just, you know, just oogling at how amazing these things were. And then, yeah, you saw some of them were fantastic. And then as it, it got thinner down the line, you'd see, you know, you know, some bass player who's living in a, like a duplex. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Or even more shocking, the bass player from some band you never heard of who's living in a mansion up in the yes. mountains. Like, how the hell did you get that? It's true, too. You, real, real, you realize hit. then that, you know, if you're credited with writing a yeah. hit, you yeah. did well. You get the house. But even though they're bringing it back, you think they'd do it with a big splash and have big names. But so far, they got people like Martha Stewart, Kathy Griffin, and <laughs> Snooky. So... <laughs> Kathy Griffin is living in a box down by the river somewhere. <laughs> she will take any gig these she days. She was already the D-list celebrity. Yeah, that's right. So don't think you're going into George Clooney homes in Lake Como in Italy anytime soon. Oh, that soon. would be nice. That'd be all right, huh? Right. Uh, Jerry O'Connell. Remember the actor Jerry O'Connell? Yeah, the fat kid from Stand By Me. That's right. He was in such things as Kangaroo Jack and uh, other movies as well. Well, he has uh, done something for the uh, for the first time. Actually... He's done something that no other man has ever done before. He has uh, broken the glass ceiling, and he's become the first male host on the talk. He's taking over for Sharon Osbourne. Wow, he's a married man. Doesn't he have the talk at home all the time? When he's on, it's called the listen. (laughs) For all the other hosts, it's the talk. For him, it's the listen. The nod and agree. You just listen. Right. You're right. What do I know? Uh, Drew Barrymore. 
she left a flirty little comment on Leonardo DiCaprio's global warming post. Uh, he was saying and he was showing how uh, rising temperatures are becoming more and more of a problem all yeah. the time. And so Drew said, you should be the only hot one and not our planet. Hmm. She later went back and added another comment. Thank you for always having been the pioneer of saving our Earth. Leo has yet to acknowledge either comment. Oh, my. Well, she should realize she's way too old for him. Right. <laughs> you know, Leo would be dating her daughter, I think, at this stage of the game. And he's very busy saving the environment and such. Ah, well, listen, he's always been about that. Was he driving? He's like the first one driving a Prius when everyone else was, was in Ferraris. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, is it Matt Damon who's big on the, uh, the water purification around yes. the world? That's his thing. Yeah, they've all hopped on, and good, good on them for doing it. Uh, this was interesting. A list of people, celebrities, who are surprisingly short. Now, it is said that you can meet, like, the Tom Cruises of the world and right. Sylvester. Like, they're all tiny people, but big heads. <laughs> it seems to me... There's a lot of ego there. Large, large melons. Yeah, I think... I get, well, like, like, Kevin Hart, I guess, notoriously short. And yeah. Tom Cruise has always kind of heard that as well, right? 5'2", Kevin Hart is. Is he really? That's all he is. Yeah. I mean, it. What were we watching uh, the other day? He was on something. Uh, it was like, oh, it was um, some like a celebrity reno show, like right. an IOU type thing, and he was doing something for his trainer. But he was just standing there with like you know the two hosts of the show, right? And, and like they dwarfed him. Like it, it was, oh, yeah. it was crazy. Yeah. yeah, bad, bad word for it, I guess. But it, it was, it was really something. How, yeah. You realize how short he is. Well, if you watch the one roast, I can't remember who it was for, but he was sitting and he was sitting uh, beside Shaq. Oh, and he might as Shaq could have put him in his pocket. Right. Yeah. You know, walked out with him. <laughs> who took Kevin? <laughs> Lady Gaga is only five foot one. Wow. Okay. She had a voice that takes her to eight feet high. No kidding. Uh, Courtney Kardashian's only five feet. <laughs> Don't forget. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Reese Witherspoon is five one. She's a tiny okay. little thing, just like Lady Gaga. Avril Lavigne five two. Rob Schneider only five three. I guess she. Well, so Rob Schneider's can... hair is usually <laughs> makes him up to six foot. He's usually got some sort of afro going on. Yeah. Or crazy do at least. And I guess that's it. Like you can't tell in filming. No. You know, how tall they are, whether or not they give them something to stand on or mm -hmm. give, you know, the other person with them is crouching or, or there's some sort of angle that they use, right? It's a great story that a movie Sylvester Stallone and Sharon Stone made together years ago. They got a scene in a shower. They're having sex. They're facing each other. They literally had to build a trench for her to stand down in because <laughs> Stallone's supposedly really short as well. Right. So literally she had to like be in like a, like a foot worth of a trench or something so that he could be uh, eyebrow to eyebrow with her. Well, this is almost shocking to me because the fanfare has been diminished with this ongoing pandemic. But the Summer Olympics are like basically a week away. Yeah. And really the only talk you hear about is whether people are going to be allowed in the stands or not. And uh, whether or not Japan should have even bothered with the Olympics as uh, numbers are starting to surge again there. Uh, the answer is no to fans in the stands. Yeah, completely. Uh, and, and most of us are fine with that. Uh, half of us say they'll watch at least a few events, but a quarter of us actually would want to be there in person. 
And certainly with uh, with COVID, that would be, uh, I think, the reason why. Because Japan's only had like 19% of its uh, population vaccinated, which is like 57th in the world. So not a good country to be going to. Yeah, and I think that's like 19% with a single shot. I think yeah. they're like 4% when it comes to fully vaccinated. Not good. And, and many, many people are not happy with the Olympic Organizing Committee. They think uh, it was a bad move holding the games. And I know it was stalled off from last summer. Yes, right. But... Uh, yeah, we'll see how it plays out. Like so many sports events uh, in the past year and a bit, it's it's always a shame to see nobody in the stands. It it always adds to the excitement of the moment. Yeah, and, and when you think about this, the, the problem they have, and there are a couple of them, right, is that well, the Olympics only happen once every four years, right? And so athletes, you know, you train your entire lives. Mm-hmm. For this moment, you know, pushed back a year is one thing. You know, canceled mm-hmm. is very difficult on them. I understand, of course, that there's a pandemic going on and it's uh, uh, times have changed. The reality has changed for much of the world. Um, you know, and I feel so bad for the athletes, even with it going ahead. Mm. You, know, you know, to win on that stage and not have anyone there, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, not even your family. Mm-hmm. But to have no one cheering uh, is going to be really odd, especially for you know the the hundred meter final. Remember the drama that happens in that hundred meter with you know the crowd going down to a hush, mm-hmm. uh, and to think that there'll be no one there. But you know at the same time they're competing against themselves, their t- their personal bests, and their and of course the other athletes. And so that's what they've got to concentrate on doing. I think the real big shame in it all is supposedly condoms have been handed out as they always are in the village, but they've been asked just to take the condoms home and use them at home because the story has always been that it's like a hump fest in that village. You know, you got all these young, strong, healthy athletes uh, away from home all mingling amongst one another. It's like a, a nightclub with everybody on Molly most of the time in there. Well, I know, you know, Rob Snook, who, yeah. who uh, handles our sports and uh, around the station here, he's, he leaves for Tokyo on Sunday. Mm. Uh, he's going because uh, he's going to be calling swimming mm. uh, during that. But, you know, they've basically been handed a massive book on, on, on the rules and regulations. Sure. And, you know, even from his side, I think he's going to be there for like a month or two because you've got to quarantine on the way in and on the way out and all these testing that you got to go through. Yeah. Um, masking everywhere, distancing still happening. You can't go to any of the sites. Mm. Right? If you figure if you're there, you get a couple of days off, you want to go check something out, you can't go. You're, there's, they're, they're limiting you to basically... So if he can't know, go to any of the sites, why are we wasting our money sending him over there? <laughs> Well, like what's the point? Can't he just do it from a play-by-play screen in the CBC studios downtown? I think what he said, there's, there's, I think he's one of like two or three that they're actually saying. Most will be from the booth here, yeah. but they're sending two or three there. Hmm. Well, good spending of our Canadian dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they get it back in advertising. Yeah, I guess so. So, uh, yeah, we'll watch. I mean, I'll, I'll catch uh, bits and pieces of it. I think if when it comes to the Olympics, I'm probably more of a winter Olympic guy than a summer Olympic guy. I like to watch the skiing and see, see them wipe out, that kind of thing. Right. That's what I enjoy. I love all the Olympics. I know you do. I, 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 I just, you think about that, the performance in that moment, right? You train four years for something, and some of these sports last like a split second, mm. right? And, and you think, my goodness, you trained your entire life for this moment, to peak at that moment is pretty cool. 
You should, you know what? You have missed your mark. You really should be the voiceover guy. You know when they do the dramatic storytelling? Right. He came off the farm. Right. His mother had nothing. I'd love nothing. to do that. His father had nothing <laughs> but a dream. Because you get weepy. He had one dream. You get weepy with the sports. And a pair of shoes. <laughs> you really do. You would be perfect for that. So it gets going. We'll see how it all plays out. Like every other thing in our lives in the last year and a half, it'll look different. Well, you know, all the billionaires, they're uh, basically falling over each other to try to shoot themselves up into space. Right. Uh, But for many of us, this is one of the uh, stuff uh, that rich people do that we're not all that envious of. Would you want to go to the moon if your uh, safe return to Earth could be guaranteed? Well, half and half. Half of us say, nope, no interest. The other half want to go. Men were much more likely to want to go than women. Millennials far more likely to say yes than baby boomers. The people who said they were not interested, when asked why, they just said, I don't want to go to the moon. Uh, no Wi-Fi. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> what am I going to do? Yeah. Uh, the, the how long is it going to be? The moon was boring. Well, that would be kids, right? <laughs> Are we there yet, Dad? <laughs> You're going to the moon. No, no, no. Uh, the reasons we wouldn't want to go. Scared, fear of flying, fear of heights, claustrophobia. Too old, no point. Um, you, I, would I, you? Uh, I would I would say no right away because that's just my my thing to say no right, right. away to everything. Yeah. Uh, but I would be so disappointed in myself after the fact if I missed it and passed it up. Right. So I think I would force myself into it. Like it'd have to be free. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not paying. Not a chance. <laughs> you can drop a mortgage on yeah. a flight to the moon. But, you know, it's it's like skydiving, right? Right. I, I, I have always said no, no, no. And I would get up in that plane, I'm sure, and I and I would be just panicked to death. But if I froze and couldn't do it, and everybody I, that I was with did it, and the plane landed and I didn't, I'd be so mad at myself. Mm. You, would you go to the moon? Uh, probably not. No. Well, I don't know. I, again, it would have to be free. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I don't... <laughs> Yeah, I don't see that happen. I, I'd want, <laughs> I'd want a, a lot of a lot more flights to happen first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I guess it's just really what you're into, right? You know, it's kind of like comparable to the vaccine, right? You know, like we we happily ran to it. You and I were lined up from day one. Uh. We never questioned not getting it, and yet we'd question this. I want, you know, I want to make sure it's safe. You know, yeah. but it's just because we're not really into that. Well, it, it, listen, the vaccine, before we took it, millions had already done so, mm. right? This one, yeah, we've seen a handful of flights, and a couple of them worked out all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a couple of them didn't. Yeah. No. <laughs> I don't like that idea of crashing back into the ocean when it's all over. Right. Can't we land at a runway with a tarmac? And a- <laughs> They're working on that. Yeah. Do, do they have uh, a liquor cart up there? In space, because I'm going to need a couple of drinks for this, for sure. The claustrophobia might be a problem, too, for me. The idea of being uh, all squished into that uniform and, you know, the big helmet. and the, Right. Might be tough. Might be really, it might be one of those things where you get in and then you go, oh, no, I can't do this. I'm out. Yeah. You know, kind of like uh, going on a, uh, a roller coaster. I was going to say, like, you know, you got to make, make sure you can tackle all of the rides at Wonderland mm-hmm. before you're signing up yeah. for a trip to the moon. Because I would suggest once they got you in that rocket and you're lined up and ready to go, there's no kind of like, mm, I want out now. No, you're strapped in. You're <laughs> no, going. Yeah, not even a bathroom break. No. <laughs> no. 
Because you're going to want to. You're going to need a, a, a change of depends along the way, I would think. Anyhow, yeah, uh, I would go only because I'd be mad that I didn't if the, uh, if the chance came along. And you just say, nah. Nah, I'm not there yet. Rock Mornings with, with Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.